Welcome back to the Last Man Podcast, where we're bringing real, authentic manhood back. Man up. Man up. We took a week off. I was sick. My dad is now sick. Getting over it. Getting over it. So if you hear some sniffles, deal with it. You'll be okay. Yeah. So we don't have anything to talk about, any topics. Nope. But how do you feel? I feel stuffy. Yeah? Yeah. What you been up to? Ah, man. Been up to a lot. But it's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. I had a a conversation with this, with one of my goddaughters. I have three. Mm -hmm. Tiara. What, she's 32 now? I don't know. Yeah, she's getting up there. And then... uh, (laughs) No, not getting up there. getting up there. Yeah. And then I have Lily. She's 13. And then uh, Carson. She's six. It's a big gap. Yeah. I need some godsons. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the parents kind of have to... Yeah, they do. I've been claiming kids. You just been cl- you minds, <laughs> you minds now. Explain what a goddaughter or a godson is, because some people don't do that. Yeah, it's crazy because one of my friends, uh, Philip, we've been friends for about thirty years now, mm-hmm. and he's a single dad, you know, trying to do the man thing, mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, knows knows where he's at, and his walk is uh, of manhood. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. And uh, I said, hey, you know, I know you go through a lot as a single dad. Let me be your daughter's. Let me be your daughter's godfather. He's like, "What's that?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> I say it's just another voice, another you know, positive role model in her life, someone she can go to if she you know doesn't feel comfortable going to you. She just has someone else, um, and I'm going to give her good advice, you know, mm-hmm. and just support, you know. In a lot of cultures, it's like if you die, they go to these people. Yeah, your child. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's and it's good because um, at first it was weird. I said, "Hey, just ask her if she, you know, if she wants me to be her godfather." Mm-hmm. He called me back about a week later. And he's like, "Yeah," she said. You know what is that? And I told her what you told me, and and she said, "Yeah, she wants to." And then hadn't talked to her for maybe five or six months. And then we uh, were actually in Pennsylvania, where they live, at your at your grandmother's house, mm-hmm. great grandmother. And uh, and they came up, so they live in Pennsylvania, but they're about four hours from where they live in Patton. And I got a chance to sit with her and talk to her. Smart girl wants to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. She's real smart. Yeah, and she goes to a private school. I encouraged him to put her in a private school because yeah. she was getting bullied at her public school. Mm-hmm. I was, he's like, man, that's expensive. I said, hey, you want to pay for therapy, or you want to pay for good education? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so he, you know, did the, you know, did all the legwork he needed to do and got a scholarship for her all four years. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's like a, I think it's like a ten or $14,000 school. He only has to pay 4000 a year. Oh, that's great. Come on. Yeah. And, uh, and now she's hungry. It's a, it's a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. She's hungry to know more about God. Mm-hmm. And she texted me the other day and she was just like, Hey, I went to church on Easter. Uh, my mom didn't want to go. But my older brother, he's he's eighteen, took me. That's sweet. And she said, "It's a Bible. It's a Bible church." <laughs> like where they go to the Bible in a year, like huh? those churches. No, because I told. It's funny that she said that. I told her. I said, "Listen, you want to go to a church that teaches the Bible?" Oh, gotcha. So that's why she said it's the Bible church. So they was teaching mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah, because some churches and probably her school they don't really teach that. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I encourage you to read John and I encourage you to read Proverbs. And she says, I'm doing that now. So I brought her up because you said what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. And and that just kind of blew me away. 13, she's 14 now, but 14 years old and just hungry for truth. And she said, yeah, I just need to know the facts. And I'm like, that's good. I said, but truth is better. Mm-hmm. You know, search yeah. out, the, search out the facts, but just, but know that you're trying to come to the truth. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, um, that's something I, I talk to my friends about and the people that I mentor is like facts versus truth, mm-hmm. where the fact is, the fact is you're fat. <laughs> I'm sorry. You my fact it. How you going to catch me off guard? Like I'm sorry. That? I just was the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. The, the fact is you're fat. Okay. But the truth is you can change that. You can. Yeah. You know, like there's no fact that's going to tell you you can change it. Mm-hmm. But the truth. And once you grab onto that truth, you know, people like they talk about um, dieting, you know, like people that go cold turkey diets and change their change their whole diet. They usually don't last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk to dietitians and doctors. and stuff. They don't really last that long because they're trying to grab onto facts. Like if you take in less calories than your yeah. need, then you're going to lose weight. Well, yeah, that's a fact, but it's only going to last so long. Right. But the truth is, if you change your relationship with food, like that's kind of yeah. the new language. Change your relationship with food. That's what I say. Um, then your your diet will will change over time. Yeah, lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And That's like good. just just ideas like with your your manhood. Even you know the fact is you didn't learn how to be a man. Yo, be real with it. But yeah. the truth is, you can start today. Today, right now. And who were we talking? Was it we were supposed to have another guest on? Um, but he couldn't be here. But he said something about facts and truth the other day, didn't he? He did, yeah. He said something like, um, the facts change. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what, 60 years ago, smoking was, like, encouraged by doctors. It was fact. <laughs> you know, literally doctors are like, smoke your Marlboros. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, we know that those facts were completely incorrect. It'll cause cancer. Literally. It's called them bones on the side of the pack. Warning. <laughs> yeah. This product does cause cancer. That's crazy. There's, but yeah, the, the facts versus the truth is a big deal. And it's good that like, you know, you encourage her to go to a Bible church. Yeah. And um, and she's so smart. Like she's one of those kids that is like, you too smart for your own good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Hey, and another thing that I've uh, been dealing with this week is I got a chance to, my goddaughter, uh, the youngest one, Carson, six years old, mm-hmm. hilarious always keeps me laughing <clears throat> and it's uh this another man thing because so many so many times men a lot of men that I that I see and know like they don't know how to treat their daughters sisters um you know kind of just valuing them they say ah that's my sister mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna treat them any old kind of way mm-hmm. We argue, we fuss, we fight. That's ne- that's normal. That's natural. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, you don't have to be like that. And so with Carson, I try to love on her, be firm but fair, like I was with you guys, just mm-hmm. firm but fair. And we were out there having conversations, and she was just blowing my mind because I said to her, I said, "Hey, did you uh, watch Super Mario Brothers?" She said, "It was awesome. Oh my goodness!" And there was another little girl. She was four. Her name was is it Melanie? It's Mel. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. She's smart too mm-hmm. and funny. And I asked her, hey, did you see it? And she's like, no, my parents won't let me. 
was like, <laughs> I was like, why? She said, because I asked too much to watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And then Carson goes, that's weird. I'm like, why is that weird? She says, they won't let her watch movies. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, she goes, well, I guess it makes sense because different parents, different rules. And with different parents and different rules, different fair, that would, that's what makes the world go round. I was like, what? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. But I said all that to say, it's like, I, I sat and I listened. A lot of a lot of men don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That's what ruins society. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what ruins it. Is like I don't want, I don't think that people really really get. And I don't even have any kids, but I can honestly say I get this concept because you've drilled it into mine and my sister's heads. Um, and I can say that I've proven it in my care of other people's kids. You know, mm-hmm. like I have my I've men, seen it, my yeah. mentee kids and like their and their siblings and. I give them, I give them uh, rain. Like I give them. Let me see. What's the, what do you say? I give you enough rope to hang yourself, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I let them, I let them run. I let them do their thing. I let them speak. I let them convey their emotions and their opinions. That's it. But it's like when it comes time to when you get to the line of respect and disrespect, it's like okay, hard stop. There it is. And I think that's like what parents they don't understand, especially men, because. A lot of moms will give their kids a lot of rain. Yeah. They give too much rain. And a lot of dads will give no, you know, no space yeah. for that Very stuff. Very rigid, like uh-huh. I used to be. And like there's there's a there's room because every kid, that's something that I'm learning from. Like one of my friends, I hang out with her and her family a whole lot. And they have a lot of kids. There's like four kids in the house and then like the sister and her husband, the sister and her husband. There's like all these girls, all these women, all their kids. It's just like a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. Kids are everywhere. And I'm learning that like every kid is way different. Like I already knew that, but yeah, I'm yeah. seeing them have to raise two kids in the same household differently. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the best thing that dads can do is get to know their kid. That's it. I was just telling somebody that. Go ahead. Like, I'm trying to use my words carefully because I know people listen to this and know me and may <laughs> know these kids and these parents. Um, I see that some parents, they don't know their kids. And so they're like, why are they acting like this? Why are they doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do I know your kid better than you know your kid? Hmm. First of all, I understand that that's a kid and they're not going to act like an adult. Period. Mm -hmm. Like they're just not going to. They don't have the mental capacity. Yeah, yeah. And then I see some parents that give their parent, their kids like too much credit. Mm -hmm. They'll be four or five and they'll be like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? That was not a question when we were kids. No. And there's there's room for that, but not at four. Yeah. You know, like, not what do you want to eat tonight? They don't understand that you're in control yeah. for a reason. They don't understand deep concepts like emotions. And you have to teach them that stuff. But you don't do it on the fly. Yeah, You do it after the fact. Yeah, And I think that, like, with parenting, and, I'm, and I'm, the reason I'm saying these things with confidence, not even having any kids, is because whenever I have some, I want to be ready. So I'm like talking to parents. I'm interacting with their kids. I'm asking all the questions. And um, one of the best things I heard any parent say, because I've been asking a lot of questions lately, it was um, from one of my friend's older sisters. She has like a three-year-old and a baby, like a one-year-old and one on the way. And I asked her like for parenting advice. I said, you know, I want to be the best dad one day. Mm -hmm. So like give me your best parenting advice. She said, um, from zero to five is when you have to have like a firm grip. Mm-hmm. She's like, you got to be really tough on the kid 
from zero to five. Establish they, your authority. Yeah, that's what she said. She's like, they need to know that you're in control, that you're in charge. Because when they get older, you're going to be fighting against yourself. Mm. At seven and eight, you're going to have to establish your authority. And you don't want to do that when they have they have more mental capacity. They can literally run faster and farther. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you don't have time to catch them. They're running in the street. You don't have Come time on. to to stop them in school. Like they're they're alone more. And you're trying to establish your authority where it's like you got to establish that now at four so that when they are eight, they just listen. Exactly. Hey, don't do that. And it's for their safety. It's not to be a mean parent. Exactly. Yeah. That's like the advice. Cause just like on the podcast, like I'm trying to talk to you to learn. Um, I, I ask these questions in the street, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I want to know, it's like, what do you think about that? That firm, but fair, that like hard on them when they're younger and loosening. Cause you talk about that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's paramount. And I think the reason why this is just my take on it, my opinion, and I could definitely be all the way wrong. But a lot of parents, like they want to be their friend. They don't want them to, the, their child to look at them in a negative light. You're not their friend. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I can be friendly and mm-hmm. there'll be a time where we can be friends, mm-hmm. but it's not during the time where I'm training you up mm-hmm. to be an adult. So when I have a lot of questions from okay. what you just said. Okay. Okay. So I guess my first question is, I want to ask them in the right order. When can you be friends? Like, when does that develop? I, I think it develops over over time, showing yourself friendly. But mm-hmm. to to me, for me to say I'm I'm your friend now, it's got to be at least over eighteen. You think so? I think so. Mm-hmm. You got to be over eighteen because I'm still responsible for you. Like mm-hmm. I'm responsible. Mm-hmm. You mess up, it's on me. It, exactly. That's not friend stuff. So I'm your boss. It, it, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But then once you start having more responsibility and you're out there on your own doing your own thing. Now we can talk about some friendship where I don't have to take care of you. Mm-hmm. you that makes sense. You take it, you know, you're taking care of yourself because it's not fair. There's got to be some type of fairness in a friendship. And exactly. it's just not fair. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I guess my, my other question, cause you said, while well, I'm training you mm-hmm. to be a man, mm-hmm. to be an adult. Come on. So like, when does the transfer from child to adult happen? Cause I have, I have pretty firm thoughts on this, but you could change my mind. When so I let me not try to get in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean you might agree with me. Yeah. Um so I think we have to abide by the rules of the law, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um so because I think there are young people that can be very responsible and take care of business mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. Like I was literally just telling somebody the other day that we've trained you up. Me and mommy are talking about this. We've trained you up to where whenever you were in our will, you had responsibility for Jaquela at 18. Mm-hmm. Like she was going to you. She didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, but that's what we decided. But I believe Keyshawn could have did it at 16. Mm-hmm. Like taking care of taking her. care of business and handling, you know, so yeah, that's adult stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but legally, you can't do it. Not talking about legally. So just yeah. So the re that's a good point that you bring up. But the reason I say it, I'm not talking about legally is because you and I pause. We were in Africa, okay, right? And we saw we did we saw kids <laughs> like children. There was an eight-year-old girl 
who had a five-year-old brother and a three-year-old brother. Yeah. And she was had the baby under her hip and feeding the five-year-old. Yep, she was. She looked like a grown woman. <laughs> like, she, she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying in, like, the adult, like, legal system. Mm-hmm. Not talking about, like, we're not talking about sex and consent and all that stuff. That's where people, that's whenever I bring this up, they always bring in this weird stuff. No, none of that weird stuff. I'm talking about an eight-year-old woman who is taking care of children. Who was like new because, you know, they, they had to, um, what was it, daddy? They had to leave the orphanage because mm-hmm. their mom had died from AIDS. Yep. And they had to leave the orphanage and go work their land that their parents owned every year Once to keep year. to keep mm-hmm. the land, right? Mm-hmm. This little girl was doing that. Like, oh, it's time for me to go take care of my parents' land. Gets on the bus, brings her siblings, takes care of the land, comes back. But the thing about that is he did say, the pastor did say that there were caretakers there yeah. that oversee. And it was usually like their aunts and uncles yeah. or somebody. But and I'm not saying that she was there alone. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then, two, that goes back to my point about why. And I can take out the legal portion mm-hmm. of it. However, and maybe I'm just still trying to understand the question. I don't know if I would leave some eight-year-old with a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yes, just don't think yes. it's responsible. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. That's good. So my thoughts on this, because we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. My thoughts on this are as follows. The idea of like a teenager mm-hmm. is like new. Right. It's like brand new in history. When did it start? Do you know? Not, it's, it wasn't that long ago. It's when the la- it was in the last 70 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Ma- I believe maybe a hundred years, but probably like, and in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. A hundred right. years is oh, nothing. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's so it's it's brand new, and the idea of like like the numbers existed thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, yeah. sixteen, seventeen, like the numbers did, but the idea of teenagers, like this is a segment of life that's new. Mm-hmm. It used to be children and adults, mm-hmm. right? And like our our society says eighteen. Um, I think if you can die for your country. <laughs> you're an adult yeah makes sense right yeah. and that's 17 because like right can't your parents send you to the military yeah. at 17 that's 17 so we just knocked the year off you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you talking about driving 15 at and 15 half. and a half <laughs> yeah. in north carolina at mm-hmm. least it was like that when i was a kid you're talking about putting other people's lives at risk okay we, we have 15 and a half now mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. like you're out here with thousands of pounds of machine and your hands moving at 70 miles an hour, adult. Yeah, You see what I'm saying? And I don't mean like you're getting all the responsibilities of an adult, but you have to have the understanding that like lives are at stake. Yeah, yeah. And not just like life and death, but like monetary, health, safety, stuff like that. So, okay. So then I would say you can definitely be an adult. I would say around... 12 and i'm saying that because i had to get my mind out of the western culture mm-hmm. because there's so much restraint <laughs> mm-hmm. we have the we have the big daddy government telling us all this stuff exactly mm-hmm. and and then when you took me back to africa i remember that eight-year-old or nine-year-old kid herding all those sheep in that cow in the street with a stick in the street <laughs> Like this, that's responsibility. So that kid, <laughs> just so we can paint the picture, we were in the street in the second biggest city in Kenya, Kisumu. Yeah, it's like it's packed, like it's it's jammed, jam-packed. so many people. Yeah. And this kid is in the street, like with the cars and the tuk tuks, and like where the military is all corrupt. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in the police, like you're driving down the road and they have AKs and they point them in your car and say, give me money. They do. Right. I've seen it. And there was like, there's people that steal children. People that have AIDS believe that if you steal a children, a child and have sex with a virgin, then purify it'll you. purify you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they're stealing children. Not like in America, like, oh, don't walk in alone at night. Like they might scoop you like middle of the day, steal you. And this kid is eight doing his job. Like he owns these sheep. He's hurting them, moving them feeding them his own business like adult yeah yeah so the reason that i brought that up is because i think like it's really important that we understand like let's bring the bible into it now so what did paul say about being a man when i was a child i put childish things when i came wait when i was a child i thought like a child and i did childish things Mm -hmm. when i became a man i put put away away childish things You know, and I think that's like, that's what defines it is like, are you going to, are you going to put it away? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think when it comes to our culture and I think our listeners would agree, a lot of people are grown ups that are children. That's it. That's true. You're man child. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> grown up, but you're not an adult. Mm-hmm. You're, you're an adult male, but you're not a man. Yeah. I think there's a lot of parents out there that enable their children and and don't don't require more mm-hmm. i think that's the best way to put it mm-hmm. you know like i encourage you guys to go far away from us not trying to get you out of our life i just knew we grew up in massachusetts well our teen years and mm-hmm. coming into an early adulthood and then we moved away with you and your sister to North Carolina mm-hmm. and that grew us like we had to grow up yeah we didn't have our family to lean on as much I mean they still helped us some but mm-hmm. not like whenever we were locally there you know going to barbecues every weekend mm-hmm. and just that comfort zone and I seen that and I'm like man this would be good for Keyshawn and Dekayla mm-hmm. so that's why we encouraged you mm-hmm. but do you feel like I made you or mommy made you go no because I remember like I could have, you, you told me, like I was an adult, I was 18, quote unquote, and you're like, you can do whatever you want, you know, we're going to support you as long as you're not like insane and acting a fool, mm-hmm. but you encourage us to go far and you even took us, like you got in the car and we drove cross country and you were like, let's go look. I never felt like you were trying to kick me out, but I did feel like you were trying to kick me out the nest kind of thing. Does that make sense? That's good. Cause that's yeah. exactly what I was like. We still go, we still going to be part of the flock. Yeah. But like, you got to fly. You can't be up in my nest. <laughs> and, and, then, and then what does man stuff do? Like whenever you, it's, I think I'm a father forever. Mm-hmm. It's not a point where my job is ever done. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Because whenever I have kids and you're going to be teaching me how to be a dad. It, it, exactly. Mm-hmm. And whenever you were in Texas and struggling and wanting to come home and mommy is like, let him come back. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. It's funny because like you hear, like hearing it on the other side. Like I'm in Texas, not hearing any of this stuff. You're just like, you can do it. I believe in you. But mommy's crying. You're like, uh, uh-uh, he ain't coming back. That's that's exactly how it went. But what did I do? I came out there. Yeah, you came and visited. I said, let me let me go and support you, like I said I would. Mm-hmm. And I was there, and then I got to see your condition. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, your mental man, spirit. this kind of rough. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what is going on right now? That's funny. Yeah, so I think that's uh that was good. So adulthood, it definitely can start earlier than than eighteen as we talked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and got out of the Western mindset. So I guess the next thing I would ask is now that we've kind of established that it's not a num- age thing, it's mm-hmm. not a number thing mm-hmm. because we, we agree. We both agree. We would not leave, leave an eight year old or a 10 year old right. to rate like that. Just it is not ideal. Yeah. That was the situation that they just have to be in. Mm-hmm. For us, that's not the case. And it's not the most conducive to like cre- creating a productive citizen. But with the age aside, what would you say is good advice to a parent in order to create this productive citizen? Because that's that's kind of the words that we use a lot in our house. Is like mm-hmm. um, we want our kids to be productive citizens. You know, like that that they're whole, that they contribute, take care of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say a parent can do in order to produce that earlier, instead of not knowing what to do at twenty three? and still being a kid. I think the first thing is I would say is have some self-control as a parent, as a parent. Yeah. Like you have to have mean? self-control because raising children is very frustrating, annoying, and it, you can get angry. There's so much emotion involved in raising another person mm-hmm. that you don't really have control over. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, okay. just because I tell you what to do or where to go, that doesn't mean I have control of your heart. Cause as soon as you have an opportunity, to go and do whatever you want, you will. It. If you're out of my presence, you're going to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's cake, there's cookies on the counter. Don't touch those cookies till after you eat dinner. If I go upstairs and you're down here by yourself, you may contemplate eating the cookies. Mm-hmm. That's not control. I didn't even contemplate <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> didn't. When you said don't touch that, it was not even a decision in my brain. That leads me to the next the next thing that, that they can do is have consequences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and and tell them the consequence. Don't just, you know, threaten. Or That's else. What, yeah. I, the threaten or the one, two, three, four. Ain't no one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Hey. Wait, he, when he says one, <laughs> two, three, four, he means like one, I'm telling you to stop, two. But that don't work. No. Uh-uh. That's how you could get hit by a car. I, I would say um, if you don't eat those cookies, and if you do, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. No question. No question to ask. And and setting that example, mm-hmm. you know. And and one thing that my parents did, I used to be grounded for months on end. We were grounded for a year. We were grounded <laughs> in the bed for a summer. Had to go to the bed. Just sit on your bed? Sit on your bed. Had to ask to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, strict. So one thing I didn't want you guys to do, I didn't ground you to your room. Mm-hmm. You notice that? No. I never noticed that, actually. That's why I said, no, you're going to sit here and watch what I watch. I don't like court TV. I don't care. We watched a lot of court TV. (laughs) (laughs) We watched a lot of Judge Joe Brown. But I will say, I feel like that helped mine and Jaquilla's like reasoning skills because we were sitting there watching this with you. We're lawyers. (laughs) By the time I was 18, I was like, don't do that, brother. That's five to 10 right there. (laughs) Exactly. And that was my thinking because I didn't want to isolate you from me. Or from the family. Mm-hmm. Like, just because you acted out doesn't mean... Yeah, we had to sit at the table. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Hey, go sit at the table. Like, while you were cooking or, like, in the living room. Like, we had to just sit there. Yeah, you still in this family. Come on. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I never realized that until literally just now. That's wild. So, so the first thing you said was... Have self-control. Control. The second thing you said was what? Was um, have consequences. Have consequences. Like stick to them yeah. and everything. Yeah. Like do what you say. Uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. Don't mm-hmm. threaten. Never. Ever. Mm-hmm. 
Did I ever threaten you? No. And I think that, and mommy really didn't either. <laughs> like there was times where I think there were times where mommy would overreact, mm-hmm. but she didn't threaten. Like she made sure it, to do what you guys were, you guys agreed. Like mm-hmm. I, I tell people for us, it was like, we had an, a set consequence, which was, this is good and bad because I think this is how life works. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lie, cause we used to get popped. Like people are so averse to spanking. Can you explain that really quick? And then I go back into what I was saying. How I spanked yeah, or spanking like, in general or just like your experience. Okay. All that. Yeah. So growing up, you know, my dad in, before he passed away, he was like a phenomenal man trying to be a man of God. Like he, he was a changed person mm-hmm. before he passed away, mm-hmm. but growing up, he was a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Like he tore us up. He told that ass up. <laughs> tore us up. And um and abusive, you know, it's just abusive. And I remember you were five years old and I hit you so hard, my hand was throbbing. I mean, it was like ringing. Mm-hmm. And and you were on the ground, like shaking like a leaf. <laughs> and just your eyes was bugged out. And I could see myself laying on the ground like I was you. And then I was my dad and mm-hmm. it scared me. Like mm-hmm. it scared me. And I ran to my pastor and I'm like, hey, pastor, like I might kill one of these kids. Like, what do I do? Yeah, like, that's, I need, that's real. <laughs> I need I need help. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't wanna I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna hurt my kids. I love them. And he said, Well, uh spanking is is okay. You definitely don't wanna do it in anger. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna do it when you're mad. He said, You can always come back to it. You don't have to spank right then and there. He said, but the bottom of the feet and the hands are the toughest part of the skin. Mm-hmm. He said, and if you take a ruler or a shoehorn or something and just pop them a couple of times, that'll get your point across. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I only did it for uh, disrespect, splitting parents, and then lying. Mm-hmm. So back to what I was saying, like you're talking about consequences, meaning what you say. Mm-hmm. So as kids, we knew, okay. If we lied, it was five pops. Mm-hmm. If it was disrespect, talking back, it was six pops or seven mm-hmm. pops or whatever. If it was splitting parents, which we never did. <laughs> like, I think Ja'Kayla might try, but I never did that. Like, where you say, hey, mom, can I go outside? Go ask your dad. Or she says, no. Then I go to you, and I'm like, hey, can I go outside? And you say, yes. Mm-hmm. If my mom saw me outside, it was the end of the world. Oh, yeah. Because I, like, I was that. coming between y'all. And, like, that was 12 pops or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was good and bad. Like it's not bad <laughs> at all, but I just think that because whenever so we did something, we knew. Like mm-hmm. it, it was not like oh, mommy's so mean. It was like the consequence was already li- lined out. You knew mm-hmm. before it even happened, right? But it's bad because like I was the kind of kid that I was like, is this gonna be worth the pops? <laughs> <laughs> if I go outside, <laughs> if I if I lie, I'm gonna get what I want. But I'm gonna get popped. Like, which one is you know? I would wait. <laughs> but I think that's that's life, though. Yeah. Like it, when the when you go out there in the street, mm-hmm. it's five to ten. If you do this, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's two years probation if you do this or that. Like you know the consequence before it happens. So, and there was some there was some curveballs in there that changed your lives. Like what? I, I remember Jaquela, um, you know, y'all went to a private school, as you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of those kids had way, way more money than we did, mm-hmm. and a lot of those parents were older than we were. We were mm-hmm. young parents. And um, I remember when the iPhones, well, I think they were on iPhone 4 mm-hmm. when you got the iPhone 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we <laughs> and, was always behind. And uh, Ja'Kayla 
she got the iPhone one and I said, you, you can't use it as a phone. I said, but you can do five songs in like five games. Yo, my parents was strict, yo. Because everybody, that was like when they were popping, like there was game, <laughs> everybody was, Snapchat was coming out and I, I don't remember, but like that was just wild to think about. Five games. Five games and five songs. And she's going to say, this is Christmas morning at Great Wolf, uh, Great Wolf Lodge in Massachusetts. And she's going to say, all, all your gifts have some kind of string attached. I went over there. I said, let me get that. I took it. I put it in my pocket. She didn't see it for two years. That's crazy. That was a curveball. <laughs> she didn't know that was going to happen. Uh-uh. But... If she did not appreciate, she never uh, verbalized it mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> imagine an adult like that. Mm-hmm. that. That's what I think. Like when I think of like children, like child rearing, when I think of Braxton, the uh-huh. kid that I mentor, like we have we have so much fun. Like right. literally when I go over their house, because there's five of them. When I go over their house, they all them kids get so excited. Like, like they just be bugging out, you know, mm-hmm. but they know. Like, they know when I'm like, hey, that's enough. They stop completely, like, in their tracks. You know why? Why? Because your face. (laughs) Yeah, I be (laughs) mugging them kids. I'm like, that's enough. And, um, but I will say this, like, when Braxton does something that I don't think is good, whether it's like he throws a tantrum or he wants to cry or, like, complain to his mom or something, I'm looking at him, and in my mind, I'm like, how would this look as an adult? Because I know grown people. That do this. Yeah, and it's fine for him to do it. He's 10. Yeah. He's 11. Like, that's fine. It's going to happen. He's mm-hmm. going through immense amounts of change every day. Testosterone growing, voice cracking, yeah. pimples, like all that stuff. It's like he don't know what to do, but we have to address it every time. That's something that you did. Like you didn't let an opportunity be missed. It's crazy because last night, one of my friends invited me to this thing called Trail Life. It's like Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Christian concept of mm-hmm. uh, Boy Scouts. It's like what Boy Scouts used to be. Exactly. It, exactly. They were actually saying that last night. <laughs> right. And uh, we actually did a, pres- a pledge of allegiance. I was like, wow. It's like, mm-hmm. made me feel a certain way. And I, <laughs> I feel American. Right? Exactly. Like, I'm a patriot. So I forgot. <laughs> you forgot. That's funny. <laughs> but um, the kid that I went to go support, mm-hmm. uh, Michael, he's five years old. And his mom invited four guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, happy. I'm like, yo. Four dudes came to support this one kid, yeah. but he's a lot. He's mm-hmm. a he's the a whole, kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a whole lot. And he grabbed my hand. He's like, "I want to hold your hand, and I'm gonna drag you." I was like, "You can hold my hand, but you ain't dragging me." He let my hand go. And then, <laughs> and then the other kid that was there, or young man that was there, he's 22, mm-hmm. uh, who she invited, and he was on the other side of the room, and I was standing watching him, and the uh, the kid Michael was playing on the foosball table while they were handling business like mm-hmm. they were giving instruction mm-hmm. so that the, the kid uh Devin who was trying to get Michael to stop uh playing with the mm-hmm. foosball table he was smiling this another and I was telling his mom I said see why he's not listening because he's smiling mm-hmm. kids don't understand they don't they don't <laughs> yeah that's what parents don't get is like your words are not enough for a child they mm-hmm. don't understand like your face being blank and like I'm so serious right now mm-hmm. speaks more volumes exactly than your, your voice that and so let's let's just keep i honestly like my mind is going this way like okay we're just telling stories but i know there's a lot of people that listen that are parents and they have yeah. young kids and like and i know some of y'all and your kids be acting a fool 
<laughs> I'm gonna just say it. Like they be acting up. And when I come around, your kids listen to me. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So we were um I was at and that's not like a dig on anybody as a parent. Yeah, I, they, they learning. I yeah, I get it because like not not that I'm like I messed up. Not that I'm having kids, but like while I was while I was a kid, my dad was telling me what it was like to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 10. And my dad's like, I don't know what to do with you sometimes. Like, <laughs> I don't under, I don't know, but I'm gonna bring you to somebody who knows, mm-hmm. and they're gonna talk to both of us. And like, we basically had counseling from your mentors yep. together, mm-hmm. you know, where he was like, you can't do this as a dad, and he can't do this as a son. And he would say certain things to you when you're alone, certain things to me when I'm alone, and mm-hmm. we would just get that. Like, that's what we need. Exactly. That's why you have grandparents. Yep. And like, and and frankly, like my grandparents were not that right to us. But we, you, you did a good job of like bringing in people that could be a grandpa to me and help us with those things. Community. So like, I get that. But um, that being said, I was at my friend's house the other day, the one with all the sisters. And um, one of the, the little girls, she's four or five, somewhere in there. And she was coughing. And you guys know how little kids cough. They like, they let it all out. It's like from their stomach. Like, <laughs> and like, it's like in the air. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she did that. And like, it was like everyone was in the kitchen and we were in like across the house in the living room. Like it's all open area. And it was just me and the little girl in that area and like playing or whatever. And she coughed into the sky. Like it was just, you could just <laughs> see a mist of like gross in the air. And I just turned to her and I said, Hey, cover your mouth when you cough. And she like, I wasn't mean, but I was serious. And I was like nice to her. Cause she's a little, and she covered her mouth whenever she had to cough again. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple minutes later, her mom goes, did you ask her, uh, to cover her mouth whenever she coughed and i was like yeah she's like you gonna fit in around here that's what i'm talking about. right like she wasn't mad that i told her kid what to do let's go so now the point that i was getting at was like you got to be able to let other adults adult and and like yeah. parent because even if they don't do it the way you would do it they don't say it the way you would say you know some parents are like hey hey sweetie honey like that's fine, you know. Let's make sure we cover our mouths. Like I don't, I don't like that language to be honest. Like mm-hmm. the we and our and like, mm-hmm. I think there's a time for that, you know. But you need to cover your mouth. You the one coughing. <laughs> Look at you. You got you know, it in my mouth. Right, but the reason I said that is because like, because when a kid gets out, because I'm thinking a productive citizen, out. adult, when they get out, when they're the in house, a, yes, when they're out the house, when they're an adult, when they're grown up, people are. Oops, I hit the mic. People are gonna. Um, tell them what to do and it's not gonna be their parents and they're not gonna say how their parents say it Mm -hmm. so like getting them used to other adults saying this stuff now will help them as they grow when they get in school they honor all adults that was something that you taught us is like adults are in charge as long as they're not hurt harming or endangering you breaking these rules (laughs) mommy and daddy and the doctor the only ones that can touch you here mommy and daddy and grandma the only ones that can say this to you or tell you to do this but anybody else if they say this or this or this it goes it stands we'll deal with it when we get home and I just like, I think that's really important as a parent mm-hmm. because one thing that that little girl's mom understood is that I wasn't telling her anything weird. I wasn't mm-hmm. telling her anything off. I was actually saying exactly what she would say in a different way. That's it. And she like, the mom backed me up. Because whenever you get out on your own and you out the house, people going to tell you other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just how it's all, all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you said something about like mommy and daddy can touch you here and mm-hmm. the doctor. And one thing I told you guys is if mommy ever touches you here or here, you come tell me. Mm-hmm. 
And if I ever touch you here or here, you go tell mommy. Mm-hmm. And if both of us is touching you here and here, you go tell grandma mm-hmm. or the teacher or mm-hmm. you go tell somebody. Yeah. We got to teach our kids like and, and, and don't make it weird. It's they need to know. They they don't know it's weird unless you make it weird. Mm. Kids don't know that. Right, right. I think that's important. And I really appreciated that about you guys. Like, I'm real careful around other people's kids. Oh, yeah. Like, super careful. Because, like, a kid, they don't understand stuff and they might say something. Mm-hmm. Like, tell them, tell them about when we were kids and you, like, taped us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was, like, the fun uncle. Not so much the fun dad, but I was definitely the fun uncle. This is true. And uh, and I was trying to be the fun dad, but I was just, they were just scared. So it's like they're trying to play. But, it's like... <laughs> but we were scared. Like we didn't know when you were going to be like, we, you weren't snapping, but in our minds you were. Yeah. <laughs> just serious. But anyways, mm. it was. Um, there was like nine of us. For real. We were just playing like my hostage. And, <laughs> and I took duct tape and I duct taped you guys. I mean, like from head to ears. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and just around and around and duct taped you. And I put you guys in the closet, <laughs> mm-hmm. just playing around, just having fun. And you guys were laughing. So he, wait, so he duct taped me and my cousin Janelle. She's younger than I me. That was Kaisha. That was Janelle. He duct taped us like we're back to back. And he duct taped our feet together and our hands together. <laughs> that was like the, <laughs> the hardest situation had to be in my whole. And then closed the door and it was dark. And then left and like went to go duct tape some other kids. <laughs> That was fun. And then she went to school and told her, yeah, my uncle duct tapes us and puts us in the closet. <laughs> like, yo, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't tell him that. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> but because of that kind of stuff, like, I'm real careful around other people's kids. Like, yeah. um, I, I'm not going to put you on my lap. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, we got to be real close for me to hold your kid. Right. Or mm-hmm. for you to leave the room. I'd be, I'd be loud. <laughs> Yeah, if you if I'm in if I'm in the room with your kid and you like go into another room, I'll be like, yeah. So what you doing now? You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, make it Paige? make it known. Yeah, I'm one of our uh, the girl Neighbors. next door. Yeah. yeah. So she was five when Jaquela was like eight, mm-hmm. and uh, she used to always come over. Micker Marcus, she's calling me Micker. Well, first of all, she say Marcus. I'm like, no, it's Mister Marcus mm-hmm. to you. And, Mick uh, Marcus. <laughs> Mick Marcus, Mick Marcus, and then uh. She used to come in the room while I was watching TV and say, what you watching? I want to watch TV with you. I'm like, no, you're Jaquela's friend. <laughs> you're not my friend. I'm not your friend. <laughs> I'm not your friend. Like, That's funny. I was like, you got to go out there. Now, if Jaquela comes in here, you can come in here too. But mm-hmm. if Jaquela's not in here, you can't be in here just with me. Mm-hmm. So then I send yeah. her away. And then if Jaquela wasn't home, she come. I'd be like, Jaquela's not here. You got to go back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's fun. Fun times. So what do you think um, about being an uncle? I love it. How does that, how does that go? Cause, cause like we talked about like the whole takes a village to raise a child concept. We haven't mm-hmm. said that, but like, that's what we've been talking about. I mean, I really enjoy people mm-hmm. of all ages. Um, but when it comes to kids, I want to shape their minds for the better. Mm-hmm. I want them to see their potential. Like one of uh, Tavares, nine years old, talking about, he wants to be a judge super smart and i'm like yo you know you need to be a lawyer first right he's like yeah and like he's i like to argue and i'd be winning my arguments this is a nine-year-old mm-hmm. you're smart he's smart and, and i wanted to cultivate that and i told his parents hey he said he want to be a judge like like cultivate that in him mm-hmm. like start talking about it and, mm-hmm. and just encouraging him and things like that so I, I like to see the potential in my nieces and nephews and draw it out how many do you have oh my goodness uh I think it's like 
15 or 16. Well, it's got to be more because they have kids. Oh, they do have kids. I'm a great uncle. Mm-hmm. And then on <laughs> top of that, like mommy's side too. Oh, yeah, that is right. Yeah. So like you have three on mommy's side in addition to your like 15. Yeah, so it's like there might have been like 14 on your side and then their kids. So, so it's, it's got to like be like over, 20. Over 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, Which I, one's your I favorite? Who's my favorite? I don't have a favorite. Okay. I was going to see if I could get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they're all they're all my favorite. They're all my favorites. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I was gonna ask. So you you became an uncle when you were how old? Like twelve. Twelve. Wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Twelve years old. Y'all are more like siblings. Yep, that's my goddaughter. Mm-hmm. She's thirty something. Thirty something. Thirty getting something. up there. <laughs> <laughs> you said <laughs> getting up there. I'm that's like, funny. dang. Make you feel old. Makes me feel real old. That's funny. <laughs> mm, that's cool. I have one nephew. And then, so I have one nephew from my brother, Gio, and then, let me think. So then Dawson has a kid, and Taylor has a kid, and Tiger has kids, and all those kids and are Chris. my, and Chris, and those, those <laughs> are my nephews and my nieces. Like, whenever, uh, yes, I, so my dad is over here making, I just get wild, like, whenever I see them, like, <laughs> like, I can't wait to see them, ah, like, um, Taylor's daughter, I, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm sorry, I've said it, and I'm gonna keep saying it, because it's just, until I have kids. She is just the cutest thing. Like, I never loved someone else's baby so much. Because she's cute? That's wrong. No, that's not why. Oh, okay. But I just mean, like, when she was born, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I got to hold her. Like, right after she was born, like, I, I went out there to Utah. And I was holding her. And I was just like, I was I was honestly just sitting there kind of struck. Like, mm-hmm. dang, look at this little thing. And she's just so cute and sweet. And, like, she looks – honestly – it's probably because she got the temperament of her mama. Like, she's just so chill. She's so chill. And, like, her dad, Taylor, just laughs and laughs. That baby don't stop laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll be on FaceTime, the three of us. And she's, like, listening to us talk. And I'm like, this baby got it going, you know. Dawson just had a baby, too. And um, he his name's Judah. And he's just, like, this little button of a baby. And, like, mm-hmm. he, you know, they're babies. So, like, they don't do a whole lot when they're first born. But he's real cute. And then Rory loves boobs. That's Chris's son. And he just loves boobs. He just loves them. <laughs> I mean, everybody's a boob guy. Men, women, when they're born, you know? Because that's where we get our sustenance. <laughs> that is funny. But yeah, like I love I love that they like let me be in their kids' lives and I like to give them gifts and and just be around. You know what I mean? Like it's so fun to just hold them and, and be with them. And I can't wait till they're like 10. And we can just talk and like hear what they have to say, you know. Yeah, I love when they reach out. You know what I mean? If they, if they, they're in. Need, I mean, I, I wish it solely wasn't when they're in need, but <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But you know, I do like, I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the, another piece of advice: talk to your children, no matter how old they are, like they understand because they do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they may not understand concepts. Yeah. In the same way that adults do. But when you just talk to them about things that they like to talk about, mm-hmm. that's whenever you can cultivate those concepts. Mm-hmm. So like if they're talking about movies, because that's what kids love. Kids love movies. They love toys. And they talk about that stuff. And I like to talk about them with it. Like, what else? What, what yeah. does he like to do? And then, you know, like then there's lessons in there somewhere. It doesn't have to be forced. That's fun. Yeah. What do you think the greatest lesson I taught you is in mommy? Okay, aside from Christ, because like we can just put that on. That just goes without saying, but we'll say it. Um, practical lesson. It's probably 
the one that I learned when I was like five and it's just been growing and growing and growing is five or six is if you, if you think, if you just stop and think for yourself, for yourself, if you just stop and think for yourself, you'll be able to get in or out of whatever situation, you know, you that's you're facing. And I think that's like, that's what I try to tell my friends. Cause they really be coming to me. My friends come to me when there's like in trouble. Like it's not, it's, I only have a couple friends that come to me with like good news. Yeah. You know, and that's tough mm-hmm. sometimes, but they come to me when they're in trouble and I'm like, think like, just take a breath and think. Yeah. yeah. But for me, that's first, that's first nature, you know, but for other people, it's not. And like, mm-hmm. hasn't been cultivated in them. It's like thinking for myself is like breathing. If you try to think for me, I'm gonna get mad. It feels like you're holding me underwater. Mm. But I think that the way our societies run the way parents are and i get it like they're not they can't be around all the time they got to work but when you when you put your kid in school they're teaching them how to think their way come on but i was coming home like they're wrong and you're like that's right they are wrong <laughs> you know and like mm-hmm. well like, i say why yeah and we had the conversation and <laughs> and you'll ask me you'll be like why, why do you think they're wrong and i'll be like because this and this and this it doesn't make sense the book says this but they're saying this and and i see in my experience as a 12 year old or whatever i just think that's the best lesson um if i could only teach my kid one thing other than christ i would be like think for yourself because i could drop you in the city and if you start thinking you'll be Come fine on. but if you start asking anybody and everybody what they think without knowing what you think Come on, you're just gonna get all you know what they say open-minded that is the worst that is the worst <clears throat> advice yeah. when i hear parents say you know, like I want my kid to be open-minded. I'm like, ew. If double ew, it, yeah, double <laughs> ew. Because if your head, I just think about it like this. If imagine you're us open in like the top of your skull, yeah. like like a hinge, like your brain's in there. If you're open-minded, I can just pour whatever shit I want in there. <laughs> it's true. And if you're closed-minded, nothing good's gonna nothing. get in. Nothing. You gotta have a filter. Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be some, and that filter is for us. It's the Holy Spirit. And then secondarily, it's like your own, your own mind being like, okay, what's good, what's bad? Let's take the good and leave yeah. the bad. Yeah, let's judge, let's discern. Let's if you, think about if it. you can teach your kid that, then they're going to be a productive citizen. Boom. Oh, that's a mic drop right there. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. We, we, we're just talking. This is fun. This is the kind of stuff we talk about normal. It is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, we're at the point where like I have a lot of ideas and things that I want to talk about on the podcast, but... I'm just trying to let it be organic. But if anybody has anything that they want to like us to talk about, or you have any questions, please just send it in. It could be literally anything. We can talk about sex. We can talk about money. We can talk about health. We can talk about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be like, man, I got this lump. And I'm going to be like, let's pull up WebMD and let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> that lump look like. <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> that's what web. That's what WebMD says. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you'd be like, man, my nose is running. You're gonna die. Ah, <laughs> uh, my man. What else you want to say? We got like we got like seven more minutes to just chop it up. What you got to say? Um, nah, that this was this was good. I feel energized. Yeah, I'm proud, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Why? Because like you just want you want to be the example for men, and you're not just talking about it. You're being about it, you know, that's, that's the thing. And then too, the lesson that, that you said about thinking that's outside of Christ, that's my, that was my goal. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, this is my magnum opus of teachings. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, because we couldn't think. I mean, I, I, and it's it's almost like I vicariously, not saying I do this all the time, but vicariously live through you because I could not think for myself. I couldn't do nothing when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You just, we just wasn't allowed. Couldn't even ask questions. That's crazy. That's all I do now. <laughs> right? So. I yeah. love asking questions. Yeah, you and Jaquela asked some really good questions. That girl. People people tell me, they say, you ask some good questions. I say, you should hear my kids. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear my adults. <laughs> you should hear my adults. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> what? Okay, let's go back to the friend thing because we got a couple minutes. Um, you said like once once we're out of the house and we can be friends. I tell people that you're my closest friend. Like we mm-hmm. we get each other. Yeah. Um, I heard a quote the other day. I'm going to butcher it, but he basically was like, friendship is two souls or sorry, sorry, sorry. Friendship is one soul and two bodies. Mm. It's where you don't have to think what the other person is thinking. You just know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to hear them say it. You just know. And I think that's real. Like we can, we can sit all day. We could do this and be like, Hey, we're not going to talk all day. We're just going to do what we got to do. And we could sit next to each other and we would just look and laugh. We would just be laughing. We would just be smiling Mm -hmm. and getting stuff done because we're on the same wavelength. But I think, um, Man, this is some of the best like parenting stuff because I'll, I'll even just like read about parenting, watch videos about it. And um, as far as friendship goes, this guy said, you're not friends with children. Mm-hmm. Like for a lot of reasons you said, like you're responsible for them. They don't understand. You You can't be friends with someone who doesn't understand you. Mm-hmm. I don't think. You can be friendly. Yeah, but you can't be like friends. Yeah. Uh, equals, you know, and like whenever kids are young, you know, I'm still thinking about this. I don't know. I don't have kids yet, but I don't think I'm pretty sure whenever I have kids and I'm disciplining them, I'm not going to bend down. You know, I'm not going to get on one knee and discipline them. Mm -hmm. I think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. I think not, not wrong, like morally wrong, but I think it just sets a bad precedent Mm -hmm. because when I see these moms and dads, like their kid is being disrespectful and they bend down and they get on their level and they're like, Hey buddy, we don't do these kind of things because blah, 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 blah. Like, Hey buddy. We're not buddies. You know what I'm saying? Like I see whenever I see parents look down at their children and say, hey, you don't do that because I said so. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to understand. And then later they explain, hey, the reason that I told you not to do this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Right. Those parents are really good. Right. And the guy was basically saying, as a child physically grows to be eye level with you. Mm-hmm. like they'll have more understanding as they grow up into that. But when you, when you bend down to their level and you talk to them eye to eye, he's like, you're circumventing like the process mm-hmm. psychologically. That makes sense. I thought it was really good. Get with it. Yeah. Now, like as far as like, I think when your kid falls and scrapes your knee and you bend down and like you love on them, that is just, that's just as powerful. You don't stand up and be like, you'll be all right. <laughs> you <laughs> like know what I, I mean? used to do. There's, there's times for that too, but like, a three-year-old riding a scooter and falls and busts their lip, you don't stand over them and be like, "Yeah, put some gauze on it. You know what I mean? You bend down and you you hold them. I think that's something that in parenting um, is a really important tool, knowing when and where to bow, like bend down to them. It's crazy, and I'm going to answer that friendship thing in a minute, but it's crazy how you have to have a license or be of age to drink, smoke, join the military, have all these licenses, uh-huh. but the parent you don't need it to, to make a make a human <laughs> a human being. Yeah, like, isn't that wild? It's crazy. And then 
a lot of parents don't want to learn. Like mm-hmm. I was scared and I learned. Mm-hmm. I took classes. I took courses on how to be a parent. And I we had kids since I was 12 years old. We had kids around mm-hmm. all, all the time. Yeah. So when it comes to that friendship, I was thinking about like when did. So for the first 10 years of your life, I, I wouldn't say that we were. I was even friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But at 10, whenever I took you to care when just me and you, I think that started the friendly and the friendship, mm-hmm. but it wasn't revealed until you were yeah. kind of out the house. Yeah. That makes sense. It wasn't mature. Yeah. Which is good. We were building it. Yeah, exactly. And we weren't just like strangers <laughs> whenever, you know, I became an adult and you're like, now we're friends. He's a beer. Like <laughs> so, some dads do that. Yeah. You're 18 now. You're a man. We'll be friends. It's mm-hmm. like. That's that's culture. Yo, you know, you know when we were friends when it like clicked. Hmm. I don't think you remember when we were in Africa and you knocked on the door. It was like, Daddy, I wasn't ready for this. You jumped into bed with me, and I'm like, and we I wasn't talking. ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're on the same level. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. We're literally just hanging out. This is stuff that me and my dad will talk over, like we'll talk about over lunch. Um, but we really enjoy doing this. This is good stuff. Yeah. Please send in um, any questions that you have to. The last man podcast underscore between each word on Instagram. Uh, a lot of you have my number. Text me like what you want us to talk about, because this is for y'all. Um, this is for me and this is for my kids when I have them. Uh, I'm excited to have my kids and show them this and be like, well, look how stupid I was and look how good my guests were. <laughs> but um, thank you guys. And remember, die on your feet before you live on your knees.